All right, back-to-back primetime affairs after a Sunday night football victory over the Chicago Bears to keep their postseason hopes alive. Now a long week to prepare for the MVP frontrunner and maybe Uh the number one team in the National Football League, at least the way they're playing right now, the Baltimore Ravens and the Rams under the Coliseum light. Don't be scared. Please don't be scared. Why be scared? Why be scared of anybody? That's DeMarco Farr. Right now. I'm J.B. Long. Maurice Jones-Drew, say hello. Uh, Hello, everybody. We're all battle-tested. We're all beat. Up, we're all sore. Scared is, is an interesting word, though, to start with, Demarco. Uh, you know, just whenever you say Baltimore, when you say Lamar Jackson, you can see people like get tight, like, oh my God. Well, he's having a fantastic season. He's a great quarterback. He's a running quarterback. He can light you up if you let him. Um, but he has been beaten this year, right? He has. It's not like they're undefeated, so there is a game plan to beat him. One was a shocker, right? Cleveland. The other was. Not necessarily a surprise, Kansas City. But I bet if they played Kansas City straight up right now, Baltimore would be favored. I mean, you mean after the Mahomes injury? Well, even with yeah, Mahomes yeah, back, yeah, I yeah. think I think based on what they've done since the trade deadline, they have an argument as the number one team in the National Football League, no as doubt. I said. And and I came in to this show thinking about how long it's been since I felt like the Rams were true underdogs. I know they have been at various points in the Sean McVay era, but look how far that they've come that. We're going to show up on Monday night, and I think it feels like the Rams have to play a great, if not their best, game to win. And most of the country will be picking the Baltimore Ravens on the road. Well, the, the one thing with me is you, you don't have to play your best game. I, I think that's when you go into a game thinking I have to be perfect, you're going to play tight. Mm-hmm. I want the, I would love to see the Rams that are dancing around, bouncing around, the Rams that have that swag to them that it's okay to make a mistake, like. A, just play fast, right? If you go out there and you play fast, that's how you beat this team. When you second guess yourself and you don't do your responsibility against the Baltimore Ravens, they will gash you for a hundred yards. Aggressive mistakes, absolutely, but you can't have too many twenty-five play first quarters for your defense. No, no, not at because all. Because you turn it over and you mess it up on special teams, that will kill you against Baltimore. You will never get the lead back. They'll stay in front of you and pound you to God knows what, but. If you stay consistent, maybe not your best game, but just your A game. Just don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself and make them beat you. You'll, you'll be in this thing in the fourth. Can, can I say this? Because yeah. on Sunday night, I, I swear, if the Rams don't turn the ball over and they don't make that mistake on special teams, it might not have been close. Because those are effectively three turnovers. Yeah. You have the girly fumble on the first carry, the Jared Goff red zone interception, and then Malcolm Brown offside on a on a punt right. that gave Chicago a new possession. And and that was all like time was wasted off the clock. But for me, it was more of if you literally don't turn the ball over, just don't turn it over, you will win 90% of your game. No doubt. Yeah. Because your defense is that them. good. Yeah. Your defense is that good. So don't. In this game, I'm not telling you not to play. Like, look, play loose. Have a, just don't turn the ball over. We'll run the ball for you to come out in that I formation and run the ball the way they did, and really just go right at Chicago's defense. Will that work though? Now that there's film, and now that the Ravens are repping that all week, sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, Baltimore's they're good. They've had a resurgence. Marcus Peters has injected life, but I mean, they don't have a bunch of world beaters up front. You know, I mean, you you can move the ball, and there was a fullback number forty two. Taking snaps at defensive tackle. So, yeah, you can use that same two-tight, three-tight, 
uh, offensive system, personnel group, and run the football with Todd Gurley. As long as you get that Todd Gurley, the one we saw in the Coliseum. Will Sean McVay want to, assuming he has his full complement of receivers? We know Brandon Cooks is going to play. Robert Woods is still yeah. undecided. Are we, are we live? No, uh, hell no. <laughs> hell no, he doesn't want to do it that way. That's you, know, saying, you know, you know the way he to. wants to do it, but what, what choice do and, you have? And that's what I, and that's kind of what I'm hinting at is, okay, now he sees what this retooled offensive line looks like after one game against a good Bears defense. Yes. One pressure, like one hand on Jared Goff all night, but no sacks. Play action passing game came back to life. Will he? Stick with what works because I don't think you're going to hold Baltimore to ten. It, well, this is the crazy thing, and and you can hold Baltimore to ten. Oh, I don't think. And so. And I'm going to tell you why you can do it. It was the same thing we talked Maurice, about. They the are broadcast. rolling right. I now. know they're rolling, but if they don't have the ball, how can they score? And then when this is the other thing we talked about it on the broadcast on Sunday, that little thing called doubt or a little bit of pressure, it changes people. I've, I've been, I've seen teams. I remember playing Peyton Manning multiple times and our whole game plan was we were just going to run the ball and we're going to be in four minute mode from the start of the game. We're going to shorten the game and we're going to force him to make the mistake to start to press. And the one year, the one game that we did it, I, it was crazy. The one game we did was my rookie year. It was in December. We rushed for 375 yards. We scored 45 points, and I think they might have scored 17. Wow. A Colts team that was scoring 40 points a game. Which is what the Ravens are doing now. 30-plus points in four straight, 37-plus in their last three. So think, if you you play their game, because what they do is they're going to run the ball, and they're going to try to put the pressure on you. They're going to, you know, they're they're okay with going through and out running the ball. When you play Lamar Jackson, the the three things you have to do, you have to stop, you have to stop him. Let Mark Ingram beat you. Stop him. Don't let him run and run around. That, that, that gets too much. The other thing is you have to protect the seams. You because have to, they throw to tight ends more than all, receivers. That's all they want to do Hollywood is Hollywood Brown and then a bunch of tight but it, ends. But look, everything game. is up the numbers, though. It's never outside the numbers. We talked about on the broadcast, there's certain quarterbacks that are more accurate up the numbers and up the seams. That's what they want to do. That's his best ball. Another thing, you have to hit him. Well, hold on. Just before you get to hitting him, because I agree, you got to do something to knock them off their game, knock right. them off schedule. Are the Rams better equipped to cover the seams in terms of Corey Littleton, their safeties? Uh, well, or or with Jalen Ramsey locking down a perimeter, is that more where they are defensively? Yay and nay. It was that little kid, uh, the little running back from Chicago, Cohen, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen got loose a few times, and he was in man coverage on Corey Littleton and right. got behind him a few times. I think they're coming after Taylor App. I think a lot of people have come after Taylor App in pass coverage. So they're going to be in peril in this offense. And when you say seams and tight ends, it makes sense when you have a running offense. They right. really stress stress the edges and really make you lock down so your man coverage options are going to be in those tight ends. So, I mean, I, I don't think the answer is actually physicality against Lamar Jackson. I think you have to make him mentally frustrated. Well, well, that's you got to step in front of him. you got to knock some passes down. you got to pick him off. When I, when and I then say, that will get to him. Physicality, I don't think it's going to work right now. When I say right physical, yeah. is, is like when he's in the pocket and he throws the ball and he's feeling Aaron Donald hit him. Right? Yeah. Like, that's frustration. Or when I say physicality, when he runs, don't let him slide. you got to come... Give him that good. You I know. mean, you can count the big hits he's taken as a pro on one hand, right? Yeah, he's, 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 he's not just elusive, but he knows. But even how when he, and when to get down. even when he does, like we all, always said with a, with an offense like this, if your quarterback can take it, it's going to work. He's having an MVP like year. I don't think the guy's feeling pain. No, no. Oh, I'm gonna tell you right yeah. now. Like it was at the end. It was towards the end of the Texans game where he ran over the safety, had that big run, and he runs over the safety. And it was crazy because I've seen that safety read 
hit people, but he went in for the tackle. Like he tried to secure a tackle and he, he, he took the brunt of that blow. Yeah. You can't take the brunt of the blow. And then one of the things that, and it's funny because we have Eric Weddle on the Rams, right? And then they have Marcus Peters uh, on their team. So you know that, that's, that, you know, there's going to be some double agent stuff going on, but. Or will there be? Because Eric Weddle, and we can talk about this in our next segment, says he's not spilling the beans. I don't think he'll tell you. I don't think he'll actually say anything, but he's a lead by example type. So if you're smart, just go where he goes. <laughs> Makes sense, right? You, you gotta <laughs> be double agent, man. You so he's not gonna tell agent. you the answers ahead of time, but he'll tell them to you in real time, essentially? Absolutely. Okay. When he checks and where he lines up and what he's emphasizing on the field in practice, he doesn't have to tell you. Just right. watch him. Alright, so let's hear from Eric Weddle next and then we can get into Marcus Peters and the difference he's made on the Baltimore defense as well. Why Weddle says that he's not sharing with Sean McVay as Rams All Access continues on ESPN LA 710. You know, I have a lot of respect for that place. Mm-hmm. Not only uh, how it helped uh, my career and rejuvenated my career, how they treated myself and my family, but uh, it's, it's a very tight-knit group and what kind of man would I be if I just turn my back on all of them? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's nothing that needs to be said outside of I could tell them a lot of stuff, but that's just not who I am. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to play it on the field, and the best team is going to win. But uh, they all know what I'm about, so I'm surprised that's even a question at this point. But <laughs> I know you guys got to ask it. Interesting. Eric Stop Weddle, Rams safety, Stop facing it. his former franchise. DeMarco, you played for yeah. one franchise your entire career, but Maurice, you faced a I had a chance. Before. I had a chance in San Francisco. They did. Dan Quinn and Jim Moore Jr. He yeah. was the D coordinator. Quinn was the D line coach. They tried to put me in a room and wanted to download as much info. They put on offensive tape, mm-hmm. the greatest show on turf, and asked me to like to decipher it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're running routes, but yeah, of course, when you're in that room, this is why they pick up guys you just cut yes. to download info. So, I mean, everyone tries to do it. You try to get tips to win football games. It's so funny. I remember, uh, we traded, it was so, we, we traded one of our receivers to the Detroit Lions a week before we played them. Like, so we, we traded them, we played a game, the next week we played the Lions. And, uh, on the field, I literally see him. I'm hurt at this point, so I'm just looking. He's he's sitting next to the D coordinator, and as our as our quarterback Chad Henney is making checks, he's telling him what the play is, like oh wow. uh, oil up oh, that's run left, or oh this and, this, and he they're really screaming it out, and like we couldn't do anything. Wasn't there a little bit of that with Mark Barron in Pittsburgh recently? I felt like it. Yeah, I mean it's gonna help. I mean if you hear certain checks plays. You know, certain rhythms, you can start to cheat plays. And, you know, I've seen this before. I've heard this before. This is where they run it and bang, you meet the play in the hole. Um, I'm sure Eric Weddle's going to do a lot of that on game day when he starts to hear those familiar rhythms or some sort of check where he knows what's coming. And it usually happens in the middle of a drive in the heat of battle where everyone is just focused on the next play and you're just calling what you know and he's going to hear something and eventually make a play. Can I say I this, hope. Though? Yeah. In Pittsburgh, I felt like... On third down, they knew exactly where Jared Goff was going. Every well, third down. In their defense, so did we. Well, yeah, because... but, but but think about that. As many we we've been knowing that for a long time, right. and yet people still didn't know. But the Cincinnati Bengals didn't have it down. No, apparently. they didn't. Or or uh, yeah, or I mean, the Atlanta Falcons or like, yeah. like yeah. so. But the thing was, like Pittsburgh did something that I've never seen before. They literally doubled Cup 
from ever. And then when he decided to go to Everett, they started double. Like they were on his first read every time, knowing that he likes to stick with that first read to see to give him no opportunity. Doubt. Uh, Fitzpatrick is that his name? Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's on another level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you can only do that with certain people when you can just pick and choose when you want to double and take guys away. I mean, great job by Pittsburgh. But, I mean, going back to Eric Weddle, I'm sure he's going to help, and I believe him when he has integrity. He's not going to sit in the, in the office no and such thing as integrity give them game. everything he knows. But I, I bet on the field you'll be able to tell what he's doing and how it's going to help. You know what I mean? I, by where he lines up. Like I, I always tell people this, and this is the one thing that, like, there is no loyalty in the NFL, right? Like, you're loyal to the person that, obviously is is taking care of you financially. But to be honest, I wouldn't want to do that, though. I mean, say the Rams go out there on Monday night and shut them out. I know that's hypothetical, but shuts down Baltimore, shuts down Lamar Jackson, shuts out the Baltimore Ravens. I wouldn't want people pointing back to Weddle and saying, that's why they did it. You know what I mean? He told them everything in the playbook. That's why they shut them out. I wouldn't want to cheapen a victory like that. It's not cheapen a victory. That's what you're supposed to do. Like When you you have – it's like anything. When you have an advantage – a competitive advantage, which this is because obviously you brought him over that you, you didn't bring him over just for this one game. It just so happened that you're playing him this year, right? Mm. Like you brought him over because of the skill set that he has. Now he has some mental, um, he has the, the knowledge of what you're about to go against because no matter how good your scout team quarterback is and he's going to run around Wolford and all that good stuff, like he's, there's, there's like, and he's athletic. There's no, no one, no, there's no one in this league. <laughs> First of all, you don't even know how fast he is. That's the other part. Like, no one knows how fast Lamar Jackson until you play him. You know, you know, Wolford outdueled Jackson in college, by the way. Oh, yeah. He went for six touchdowns. Oh, and no. only six incompletions. He had to go for six touchdowns to beat him. Five <laughs> passing, one rushing. <laughs> wow. Dude, the Good Wolford of Wall Street. I like it. Scout team Lamar but Jackson like this it. week. But it's just, you, you, like, the one thing that Weddle does have that no one on this Rams team has is he knows the speed of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That's the thing that gets everybody. What that's, angles aren't going to work? Yeah, what? <laughs> Micah Kaiser saw it during the preseason last no year, doubt. as I recall. Yeah. Very briefly. But hey, but, but yeah. all of that, isn't it offset by Marcus Peters having the same goods on the Rams? Uh, oh, you he's know, giving it up too. I don't know what you're going to give him schematically. I don't know what he knows about the offense. But then again, the Rams offense that Marcus knows yeah, is different. not the one they ran last week. But so. personalities? I mean, look, you know Marcus Peters. You know what, he, yeah. what he's about, especially in training camp and in practice. He's going to test your manhood. But you, so he knows how far he can go with certain guys. But you know Marcus Peters better than anyone. And yeah. so who among us would be surprised if Sean McVay throws a double move at Marcus Peters at some point in this game and or runs that lead right at Marcus Peters knowing how reluctant he was to tackle right. Wouldn't doubt. for most of 2019. He's going to get the work. Uh, Sean McVay has the ultimate amount of respect for a lot of defensive players in the league. And what does he say? How do you show those guys respect like he has respect for Marcus Peters? Is you go at him. Mm-hmm. He goes at Patrick Peterson. He's he's going to go at Marcus Peters, no doubt. And Earl Thomas. Yes. I mean, is there a safety in our tenure that Sean McVay has had more respect for than Earl Thomas, given what he did against the Rams for the Seahawks? I I think, yeah, when you talk about that, first of all, what Baltimore's done to their defense has been phenomenal. And it's crazy because you see the Rams playing more press man now than they've ever done Mm -hmm. because that's what they wanted to do. Can they against Lamar, though? Because the Patriots love to play press man, too, and even they have I, to come out of it and play zone. I wouldn't want to turn my back on Lamar Jackson. No, that's dangerous, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. And so you've built a defense that I think is is tailored to what Wade Phillips and Jalen right. Ramsey do best. It's just not necessarily what they do best against Lamar. Well, you you may have to switch it up, but the thing that what I was going to say was the Baltimore Ravens, what they've done with Marcus Peters, allowing him to just look at the quarterback and play his style of ball, I mean, 
It's changed their whole defense. Put them in the pistol, just like Roman and Kaepernick used yeah. to do. Like, Everything is open. Everything is a threat. Well, well defensively, what they did, what they did with Marcus Peters, like they they put him in a position where he can succeed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about playing press because yeah. they have Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith yeah, too. Yeah. I, I'm actually curious. Well, because we know what a big fan of Cooper Cup Marcus Peters is, right? Like he was his biggest cheerleader here First with the Rams. Guy he always mentioned. Will yeah. he go find him in the slot because Cooper Cup is no. tied for the NFL lead in slot receiving, and Baltimore gives it up to slot receivers? I, I think that would be a horrible matchup for Marcus Peters in the slot. Okay. I really do. So you think it falls to Marlon Humphrey or Jimmy Smith? Yeah, right? I, 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 really, I think Marcus Peters is great outside the numbers with his butt facing the sideline. Yes, you know what I mean. But in the slot, that would I would well, love to let, see let's that. Remember from a Rams perspective. Let's remember last year against the Saints, he was in the slot. And, and Mike Thomas went Finding to Mike Thomas. work. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went to work, I hate right? the pistol offense. I, I would. You ever heard of the uh, BTFs? You ever heard of that defensively? It's called Blitz the Formation. Yeah. Mm. As soon as I saw a pistol, that's exactly what I would do because I hate it. It's so balanced. They can do everything out of it. With that guy, you have to send pressure. Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. What about... The uh, advantage that the Rams have with Aaron Donald, and if they do want to pull guards or whatever, is Donald so quick that he can disrupt some of what the Ravens like to do in in a way that no one else in the league can. We'll touch on that next, but before we get away from Marcus Peters, here's Josh Reynolds, who played a big part in last week's game plan and presumably will even if Robert Woods is good to go, against facing his former teammate, Marcus Peters. I can tell you he'll have some juice for this week, you know, for for it being his old team, but, you know... um, Nah, it, it'll be a good matchup, man. He knows a lot of things that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we we kind of know how he plays, so uh, yeah. you know, it'll be a lot of changes. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be a lot of changes, changing stuff up a little bit, man. So you know, it's almost gonna be like a chess match. You know, we, yeah. I, I, you know, we'll try to change some up to to make it look like something that he knows, and then you know, he'll play a little different leverage than than, than what he what he usually shows. So uh, you know, it'll be fun though. It'll be fun. I'll uh, be able to compete against him again. All right, so we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore offense. What about Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and the Rams? We'll hear from both of them as we continue on this Week 12 edition of Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. I think it's all part of the job. I think it's part of the, being, being in this league, and stuff happens, and um, you know injuries happen, and you got to be ready to adapt. It happens every single week to every single team, and um, you know it's it's something that has been happening to us for the last three, four years since I've been here, and we've always overcome it, and expect nothing less. Jerry Goff ready for another primetime showdown, this time under the Monday Night Lights against the 8-2 and Baltimore Ravens. With DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm J.B. Long. Uh, pressured only once on 18 dropbacks last week against the Chicago Bears. Uh, that was a 6% pressure rate, the lowest in his career. I think we have to tip our cap to Aaron Cromer, to Sean McVay, all the things they did. To Mitch Trubisky. Well, <laughs> I'm no. sorry. But no. I mean, Mitch ain't do none of that. On the fly, they reinvented yeah. themselves in that offense. They went from, you know, an outside zone blocking scheme to like, you know, rookie driven man double blocks. We're and, coming and, off or knocking you down. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. when they did turn around and throw it with Jared Goff, he had more comfortable scenarios than he's been used to in 2000. The reason I said Trubitsky is because you weren't really feeling a threat from the other side, the other offense. Right. So you could stay with the run a little bit more. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Third and one, third and two, try to run it. If you don't get I mean, it, we almost fainted when they ran it on third and three that exactly. one time. I bet you won't see that same game plan 
against Baltimore. You're going to have to pick up these first downs. Okay, so th- there's two things about that. One, is it a false sense of confidence that you get from just one victory against Chicago? No. Or is it out of necessity in terms of you may not play this game entirely from in front? No, I thought they did great, the offensive line. Uh, when it became time to pass the football, you only threw it like 18 times. But when you did have to throw it and you did match up with those guys, you locked up well. I mean, there were some holding calls. There was some pressure, but you got the ball out. That's going to be great. This defense... On Monday night, Baltimore's defense doesn't rush as well as Chicago does. So it should carry over some, but there were times in the game where you could feel Sean McVay trying to open it up a little bit to see if he can throw the football. I bet you see a little more of that this week against Baltimore because you have to. And those shots were effective. I mean, Jared Goff hasn't had a, a touchdown since London, but if you're watching closely, he basically had one to Cooper Cup, and he basically had one to Josh Reynolds that got called back. And so when they did take their chances... All of a sudden, you don't have Minka Fitzpatrick spying right. Cooper Cup like he did two weeks ago. Well, I, again, I, I firmly believe that if you went to this game plan last uh, two weeks ago in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, you we the, the, the tone would be you're seven and three, different. not six and four. Exactly, and, and it, that's a huge difference, right? And so you have to stick with this one because you were able to nullify Khalil Mack. We didn't call his name one time. Did he get on the stat sheet? Yeah, we talked about one, maybe one pressure. Uh, if, yeah, if maybe. You're, if you're very liberal in terms of how you assess, I mean, yeah. there was one quarterback hit, zero sacks. Uh, the Rams recorded a pass block win rate of seventy nine percent. Now, part of that is there was almost a always a tight end on the shoulder of the that, tackle, and sometimes fine. Todd Gurley was there for insurance as well. Yeah, but you you devise a game plan to take him out. Now it's about how do we become more explosive with this new offense that we're running? How how do we how do we go from, you know, uh, this I formation, this running downhill, these different things to now being more explosive with it? And, and once you, you come to terms with how you're going to be explosive with it, you'll put up points because now you can protect everyone. See, running the ball doesn't, and I always try to, like, running the ball cures everything. Mm-hmm. I, I personally feel like one, it doesn't get your quarterback destroyed. Two, it protects your offensive line because they're going forward, and you have some big offensive linemen that can block going forward. Three, your defense loves it because it gives them rest, right? And then the last thing is now the defense is on their heels. They don't know what's coming. You've been going at them all day, so now they're bracing for the run, yeah. and then they have to react to the pass. So now you have the time to get those 15, 20 long, drawn-out things. And I get it. It worked well when you were in – when we were doing – you know, the Rams were in the single back and they were running the outside zone. All that was awesome. But you were able – you have to flip it sometimes when you don't have that person. You did catch them by surprise. I think Chicago was surprised. If you look at their stances along the D-line, I mean, it's just something I look at. Wide-legged stances, they were prepared for outside zone. They're prepared to cover grass. And then on the snap of the football, they got hit in the mouth over and over. I mean, the Rams really just took the line of scrimmage, created a a new line of scrimmage. So I think Baltimore is going to see that. I think they're going to be a little more aggressive going towards the line of scrimmage, which means – it's going to open up that play action again, the old style of Rams offense. But let's hope. I mean, if you run the football and you keep them honest and you give Jared Goff a chance on these bootlegs or play actions and he throws with consistency, you have a chance to stay on the field against Baltimore, which is good. It keeps Lamar off it. Let's hear from a member of that offensive line, one of the newest, in fact, rookie right tackle Bobby Evans, who stepped in for Rob Havenstein last week. My mentality was just, you yes, know, sir. just make sure you get out there and execute. Back, no sacks. Yes, sir. Anyways, <laughs> like basically, you know, it comes down to 
execution. It doesn't matter who's, you know, you're lining up against. Obviously, you know, they got their things that you got to, you know, cue and you got to think about, like, what they look like as far as alignment and things like that and what they do on certain type of blocks or how they pass rush and things like that. But what it comes down to is execution. Sebastian Joseph Day making a cameo as well as part of that interview with Bobby Evans. So a couple of Oklahoma offensive tackles could be Mm. a a leading story in this one as Orlando Brown, who fell in the draft, what, because he couldn't bench press enough, right? No, no. He fell in the draft because he didn't work out well at the combine. Yeah. It was everything. It was the, he had the slowest 40 ever. But now him and Ronnie Stanley and Marshall Yanda, this might be the best offensive line the Rams have faced this year. Dude, you can teach off this. You ever play like, what is it, um, Mario Brothers? Yes. Yeah. When you hit something and the coins come out? That's what it looks like when they come off the football. I mean, they absolutely go right through your chest plate and your helmet. Everything is technically sound. That, to me, is the secret as to why Lamar Jackson is doing what he's doing and this offense is doing what they're doing. This offensive line is physical. They always get the right guy, and when they come off on double teams, they move you, especially on Brown's side. I have to tell you this. So I was—I want to say it was last year, maybe uh, they were playing the Ravens were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and T.J. Watt got kind of locked up with Brown. Yeah, and he—I mean, literally just drove him into the ground. I've never seen anything like it before. It was on a pass play. He just locked him. Nasty. You know, if you get caught in that, you're like, ah, yeah, of course, been there. Just, you get caught in the swim. He just dumped him. And yeah. what happened at that point was it changed everything for him. That was the game that it changed everything. He started to believe that I can be this dominant player. First of all, he's, he's he blocks his son when you stand next to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a giant. Eclipse. Yeah, and so you like this is going to be a physical game. So guys, like we talk about Aaron Donald, but it's going to be guys like uh, Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, Samson, oh, Abel Come. They're, they're going to have to have a – Michael Brockers, and a heck of a game. This has been a great tackling team so far. Really, at all three levels. They yeah. are a great tackling team. This will be the ultimate. This, yes. You're going to have to hold the point, those guys you mentioned, yeah. because you're going to be outsized. These guys are big. You're not very big. So your technique is going to have to be perfect to hold the point. If you soften those edges, out he goes. Running back or quarterback, out they goes. You have to keep that on the, you have to keep the defense level or they're just going to kill you. That's Zeus Brown's son, right? Yes. The one that threw the beanbag back at the official? Yes. Yeah. Um, Zeus was as big as a house. And he's, this one's even bigger. Right. My goodness. DeMarco, what would your advice be to Aaron Donald before this one? Does he have to win it himself or does he have to fight the urge to win it himself? You know, this is going to be tough. I'm glad you said that, man. I mean, with guys like Lamar Jackson, it forces Aaron Donald to be more disciplined. And that I hate. But this is why I don't hate it that much, because even if he plays a disciplined game, he's still great. Yeah. Which means you have to play the gap you're in. If you miss a gap and you miss a beat, you give him a crease, gone. You're not going to get it. It it feels like you need negative plays to beat this offense. And what I mean by that is they pick up more first downs on first and second down than any team in the league. Like They are not just on schedule, they are ahead of schedule. And then... Even if they get into third and fourth and short, John Harbaugh has fully committed to going for it on fourth downs. In favorable situations and fourth oh, yeah. and short, they have more fourth downs converted than any team in the league. If JoJo even tries to come on the field, you should throw him off the to, field. You to, better you better yeah. be prepared to play four snaps. No doubt. Sequence, Think about right? this. Yeah. To beat the Seattle Seahawks, I know we have to go. They went for it on fourth and two. And the Seahawks defense was all over it. And they just pride open a hole in that defense. <laughs> I mean, it was cr- everyone was where they needed to be and they just 
opened yeah. the hole, and it was it was crazy to see it. But I mean, they make you play eleven on eleven football. And if you're Harbaugh right now, and if you're scoring points the way you are, and if you're defending the way you are, why not go for it? Like, what's yeah. the downside of going well, for it on fourth whatever. down? Because what? when you do punt, you're not going to get the ball back. That's what I would say if I'm on the other side. If you punt this to me, if I'm Sean McVay, and you give me the ball, I'm mm. going to try to drive it for twelve minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you better go for it on fourth down. All right, we'll see who has better drive success rate under the Monday Night Football Lights. Coming up next, it's Four Down Territory with the latest from Baltimore. Are they believing that they are the Super Bowl favorite? You're listening to ESPN LA 710. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access, previewing Monday Night Football, and it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Our guest this week to give us some insight on the Ravens, former NFL wide receiver Kadre Ishmael, co-host of Purple Pregame and Postgame in Baltimore. Well, it's been a while since the Ravens looked anything close to vulnerable, but Kadri, to your recollection, where might they be susceptible to an upset on Monday Night Football? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I'm hoping that they don't have an upset, but uh, for, I guess, Rams fans and all the uh, guys that are looking to uh, have the Rams get back on the winning track, I'd probably say if you can somehow figure out you know, Lamar Jackson's um, in, in, in terms of him running the football, I think that's your best opportunity. In other words, being disruptive before the run game gets going because what they have done as far as the number one rush team in the league is you know, put teams on their heels. You, you really have a difficult time figuring out, okay, when they're in this formation, they are going to run it inside. When they're on uh, this personnel package, you know, we know this is coming, whatever that is, a, a sweep action, a power action, um, a zone block scheme, a power block scheme, all the different looks that they give you, you can't necessarily just pinpoint and say, hey, we've figured it out because they do so many multiple looks. And the moment you think you've got it figured out, um, that's where they go ahead and change it up on you. And now they're throwing the football. But I guess the best way and the best course of action is stopping the run and once you have that, then I think that's where you can have an opportunity to, you know, perhaps slow down what is the juggernaut offense of the Baltimore Ravens. Kadri, how about on the other side of the football? How are the Ravens feeling about the Marcus Peters trade, and will he be with them next season? Well, I know one thing. Uh, I think that was the biggest catalyst of change for this Ravens defense. Uh, the Ravens defense, just before Marcus Peters was given up an astral amount of yards, per game, um, the way in which they were uh, just getting thrown on. People were saying, well, it, it's it's the rush that is not getting there, that is uh, you know, not allowing for the secondary to hold up in coverage. But uh, as soon as he, I think, got here to Baltimore, Wink Martindale, you know, defensive coordinator for the Ravens, went to work simplifying things so he can get on the field in Seattle, went up to Seattle and had a pick six against uh, Russell Wilson, who is having an MVP-type season. So, you know, I think since he's been here and the way in which he's made an instant impact, I think he has two pick sixes already, uh, shutting down high-level uh, defensive, or I should say receivers, um, with his defensive play, you know, that to me really just spells him, you know, being a Raven. And I think John Harbaugh will be the first to tell you, you know, he's always looking for corners. And if anything, I think Eric DaCosta, you know, has a good problem in the fact that you got both him and their first-round pick in Marlon Humphrey uh, to figure out, you know, contract-wise. But I think if they want to win and win big, I think they need both guys on the football team. 
We're talking with a high-level receiver in his own right, former NFL wide receiver, Cadre Ishmael, the missile and co-host of Purple Pre-Game and Post-Game in Baltimore. They don't get a ton of sacks, though, do they? Only 23 on the season. In fact, Pro Football Focus is second-worst pass-rushing grade. Can the Ravens bother Jared Goff and knock him off his platform? You know, I think part of what has been a struggle for Jared is that, you know, you've seen the offensive line not have a, a level of consistency. And so, yeah, I think if uh, there's ever a time for them trending upward, you know, we talked about Marcus Peters and his effect. I think part of that has really helped this defensive front for the Baltimore Ravens. Matt Judon has come on amazing uh, against the Houston Texans. I think they've registered, uh, I believe it was seven total sacks. I think he was accounting for three or four of them. Um, he's a relentless pass rusher. Uh, the fact that you've got guys that can cover now, I guess, that's going to give him the, the uh, decided edge and advantage to, you know, to work what he needs to to get to the quarterback. And I think for Jared Goff and company, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle a, a defensive front that you know, really has come along in, in the last couple of games. Last question here on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. You won a Super Bowl. Does this group of Ravens deserve to be seen as the team to beat? Does the AFC go through Baltimore now, not Foxborough? You know, it's interesting. You, to, to, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And they faced a, a uh, New England Patriots team that was trending towards being historic. And all the defense is amazing. And Tom Brady is Tom Brady and all that that entails. And they came into MT Bank Stadium. Uh, they just got ran over. Um, you know, plain and simple. I thought this uh, was a seminal moment. And to go out to Seattle, to beat Seattle, to come home to face a tough Patriots team, and to beat them, to knock them from the ranks of the unbeaten, to handle Houston the way they've handled them, absolutely right now, in my opinion, uh, you're looking at a Baltimore Ravens team that is by far uh, the top in the AOC. And if they continue to do what they do, I don't see what stops them from becoming the number one seed come playoff time. Last thing, Kadri, my colleague DeMarco Farr wants to chime in and uh, say Q, hello. Q, Aaron Donald's going to eat your boy. Aaron Donald's going to eat Lamar Jackson. I just want you to know that. So here's what I'm going to tell you, DeMarco. Go ahead. Literally, literally, he has He's gonna eat him. This, this skin <laughs> that is repellent of defensive tackles. And so anytime Aaron thinks he will, then we got a, another repellent called Yonda. Oh, I've Marshall seen this guy. Yonda. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. He's going to try his best, but the repellent of his skin plus the Yonda-isms will not only break his ankle and figuratively, not literally, but he will be falling on the ground like, oh, my God, I thought I could get him, but I can't. Oh, help me, someone, please. Tell Baltimore, yeah. tell Harbaugh you can't protect him. A.D. will eat him. We're going to try to have him be on a, a no-Lamar diet. He might go and become a vegan oh. and then be like Anne Hathaway and realize it doesn't work. Be honest. I wish I was in this game. Don't you wish you were in this game? This is going to be hyped. Oh. Man. I mean, big time because the running game is so fierce. Oh. I get one-on-one coverage on the outside. And whoever would be covering me on the outside would get burnt, and you'd be like, oh, that'd be the longest trip of your life. You'd have to jog all the way back and help your quarterback up, you know. Come on. 
You'd be like talking about something, oh, I almost had him, I almost. And then your coach would be looking at you, talking about something, you almost put on the bench. Yeah, yeah, My that's man. what would happen. Kadri, thanks for stopping by and have a great rest of your week. Can't wait for Monday Night Football. Fellas, it's a pleasure as always. Enjoy the game. See you, man. All right, that was Four Down Territory, and Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. Next, our Rams All Access poll question, who do the Rams have a better chance of running down for a wild card spot? The Niners, the Seahawks, or the Vikings? We go around the division before we're done on ESPN LA 710. All right, this week's ESPN Los Angeles All-Access poll question. Which NFC team do the Rams, at 6-4, and four, have the best chance of overtaking San Francisco, Seattle, or Minnesota? And you have to look at the remaining schedules here before you make your choice. Granted, the Niners are 9-1, and one, the Seahawks 8-2, and two, and the Vikings 8-3. and three. But Maurice and DeMarco, I actually want to make the case here that I think the Vikings are in prime position. I'm not sure what their remaining schedule they're on the bye, then at Seattle, Detroit, the Chargers, Green Bay, and Chicago. I'm not sure you're catching them. I, 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 I think see, they might get to 11 or 12. I, I see two losses in that situation. So they may be 11 and 5. Okay. But even so, 11 and 5, depending on how the tiebreakers come out. Right. We'll see. I actually, I'm starting to believe that the 49ers are going to come back down to earth. In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say right now, the Seattle Seahawks will be the 2019 NFC West champion. What makes you say that? Won the because head, of Jimmy G? Won the head-to-head win already. Yeah. Granted, Kittle hasn't been playing, but I think the 49ers have suddenly looked mortal. But how about this remaining schedule? The Green Bay Packers. And if you remember what Aaron Rodgers said on draft day, that his goal in life is to make San Francisco regret the fact that they passed on him forevermore. Yeah. At Baltimore, at New Orleans, they could lose their next three games while playing well. They have Atlanta, who is suddenly resurgent a home game against the Rams, and then they finish in Seattle. I mean, is 1-5 in five down the stretch out of the question here? Oh, yeah, by a total of 13 points, right? You know what yeah. I mean? I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. from 9-1, and one, I think wow. I think 11-5 and five would be a great record some, for San Francisco. Some people have said, don't like, you can see the, the Niners go from 9-1 and one to 9-7 and seven because of the schedule. They're banged up. You got to travel for a couple weeks, like... I mean, Green Bay at Baltimore at New Orleans is a gauntlet maybe unparalleled right. across the NFL right now. Yeah. Did and the Rams do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So here's, right. here's the thing. Right. Is, right. Again, we, we said this caveat last yeah. week, right? Here it is again. This only matters if the Rams handle their business. Yes, right. we know. And I'm just suddenly a bit more optimistic, and it's not because they beat the Chicago Bears with no. a grinded out style. I'm more optimistic because I think the Rams are believing and I think the schedules ahead for San Francisco and Seattle are very, very challenging. And here's the thing. I actually think the Rams might have one more loss available to them, but it has to be this week. If you if you lose in December, I think it's over. Right. If you Fair. were to not beat the Baltimore Ravens because they're an AFC team, because it's not a head-to-head against Seattle or San Francisco, you might be able to survive it. But then you got to sweep the NFC West the rest of the way, and you got to win in Dallas. So you got Seattle winning the West, Minnesota winning, and – the Rams catching San Fran. No, Green Bay winning oh, Green the Bay. North okay. and Minnesota getting a wild card. Ooh. So then there's one wild card available, and I think it comes down to San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Philadelphia. Unless Philadelphia wins the East, which wow. I think is very probable. I think the East champion will be the four seed, and then whoever doesn't win the East will be, will be in there with an uphill row, uh, road to climb against the Rams or the Vikings. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, one three-game losing streak, and look where you are. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, and you had a chance to beat Seattle. I mean, go back to that game. Remember that. If you make the field goal, uh, things are different. But, yeah, I mean, um, and I like what Sean McVay said. I'm not sure if it was on air or off air when he said you get what you deserve at the end of the year. Remember? I do, because there yeah. is a school of thought where, like Maurice said earlier, if yeah. you adopt your game plan from last week in Pittsburgh, you have an extra yeah. win. If Greg Zerline makes the field goal in Seattle, you're in a much more favorable position then but can also play the other way and what i mean by that is you got the panthers with a banged up cam newton right Right. you got uh you you had to have a goal line stand in cleveland to come away with that victory and you knocked drew Brees out in the first quarter so yeah Yeah. so you you've had plenty of breaks go your way as well i think i think his point and yours is well taken too if we were being objective have the rams played like a playoff team or a division champion team so far no if they get it together and they do it in December, I think they'll have a chance. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, well, this is funny. I mean, if it doesn't happen this year, I mean, I think you should finish strong no matter what happens for the playoffs this year. Think about Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. This didn't start last year. Until- it actually started the year before. They ended the year on a run and look at where they are now. So right. this is all about getting back to the mountaintop and it's not just about this year. So I think getting back on track, finding out who you are the rest of the year is, is important just as important as chasing down who's in front of you. For me, it's 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 in, and I know with this, you you will do whatever it takes to get to the school dance. You remember those dances, sixth grade? You gonna do it? You gonna you gonna hop fences? You do whatever you can to get there because you just want to get to the dance because you never know what may happen. And I think that's the biggest thing with the Rams is just find a way to get in because you just never know. Rams All Access is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rams. You know what we've been taking for granted, though? And by we, I mean kind of collectively Rams Nation. No, no, I have resisted the ear to take him for granted every game that he's played this year. The Arizona Cardinals. Oh. Ah, because I, I yes. think in this whole like running the table conversation, you're like, okay, bank two wins against Arizona. There is no banking two wins against Arizona right now. What are they, 3-6-1? That's a lot better than I thought they'd be. And they've been competitive. Uh, look, that little guy is as good as advertised, and that offense works because he's great. So Lamar Jackson is the tip of the iceberg. You still got to deal with him coming down the road. And like you I'm with you. That's no gimme. Either way, home or away, that's no gimme. We'll get there when we get there. Looking forward to that trip to the desert, but how much will it matter based on how the Rams play on Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens? For DeMarco Farr, from Reese Jones-Drew, I'm J.B. Long. Can't wait to see you Monday night at the Coliseum. Thanks for listening on ESPN LA 710.